Welcome everybody to another episode of the Nerd Continuity where we talk about design development and all other crazy sort of stuff that we find online. Today is the episode 24 and the title of this episode is Dealing with the Fear of Failure and Rejection. This is a really common feeling, especially in our field or pretty much in every field that involves you putting yourself out there as a professional. So if you want to do if you want to be a developer, you want to be a designer, or if you even if you're trying to change your field, if you have been working in the same sector for many, many years and you I don't know, you want to try to do something different, something not really related uh, to your uh, study field, to what you studied when you were young, and now you're trying to change, and all these fears are coming out. You don't want to fail, you don't want to be rejected, you really don't know how to put yourself out there. So this is kind of like really really common and this was one of the main questions that was sent or that was submitted uh, in the forum from Sam and I have other questions and I have other um, topics for this amazing episode, episode 24. As usual, uh, I'm Alex, I'm Alex, Alessandro, Halicad, whatever, I'm your host and creator of this podcast. If you want to support me, if you want to support my channel, this podcast, the forum and all the other things that I'm releasing, you can check the support me page of my website or go straight directly uh, on the Patreon page that I recently opened. You can go to patreon.com slash with 3D at the end and you can check all the possible pledges that you could do um, from $1 up to $50 if you need assistance, if you need like one-on-one tutorials or one-on-one sessions for a work, a project or studying, you can pick whatever you want. But anyway, if you want to participate to the conversation, you want to leave comments or questions for the next episode, please come to the forum at forum.alecad, with 3D at the end as usual, .com. You can sign up for free and the community is kind of growing. We have... Um, I guess like 30-ish active users that post pretty much every day. Questions are really, uh, are really broad. Like we're talk, we talk about development and design. Uh, we talk about I don't know where are you from and what what music do you listen to when you're coding or uh, other stuff. Like it's pretty, it's pretty broad and it's growing and I love it. It's really, it's really exciting. But let's start with the topics of today. So the first topic was a question sent from Kamal Hines that is also one of the Patreon, one of the active Patreon supporter. And thank you so much, Kamal. And his question is, um, seeing some articles online regarding REST API. API, uh, JavaScript specifically versus PHP for WordPress development. And I'm just wondering what's your view on these and also if REST API is better and faster than PHP. What does this mean? Could WordPress development now move to a JavaScript base instead of PHP? Um, okay, I know that kind of like can feel kind of confusing because it's like there's something that we love as developers especially developers that they work on big projects like big frameworks or big cms we like to say something and don't explain what to say so this is one of the most common cases like not understanding what an api is or not understanding what something new when something new is coming out what it is how it works and how it's gonna affect the current work 
workflow that we're using. So first, a big clarification. Uh, REST API are not gonna replace PHP API, and these two things are completely different. So first, uh, WordPress has its own API. So the settings API, the uh, customizer API, the widgets API, or the, I don't know, custom fields API, all these kind of stuff are API. And uh, API, like the broad stand meaning of the API is an application programming interface. So it's not related to any type of script, it's not bounded to PHP or ASP or Qt or I don't know Ruby on Rails is not bounded to a specific programming language. An API can be written in every language. WordPress has these um, multiple type of APIs that are part of the main CMS of the main the core of WordPress. And these APIs are just as the word says, an interface, a programming interface to tap some core functionalities of WordPress. So with the settings API, you can activate settings, custom settings, custom administration panels. Um, with the widgets API, you can create your own custom widgets and all this kind of stuff. And all these PHP APIs are part and have to be activated through the core, like you need to write um, a, a function, a method, a class to extend or tap these API from within WordPress. So inside your theme or inside your custom plugin, you write some code that uses these API from within WordPress itself, from within the application itself. A REST API is something different and REST stands for Representational State Transfer. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it's a mouthful and it can like doesn't clarify anything. But a REST API, it basically is used to uh, decouple architecture. That means that uh, various components of a site or an app are separated from each other. They're not together. So decoupled means they're separated or not all together. And your site can be stored in one place and interact with the data that it's in another place or the data is stored uh, in a completely separated environment, in a completely separated website. So you have these REST type of REST architecture that allows you to concatenate and have a conversation between different platforms on different applications in different places, in different um, stored in different locations. That's that's kind of like the broad explanation. And the REST API most likely are built in uh, JavaScript uh, because Thanks to JavaScript, you can have an Ajax type of communication with these data, the data that you want to tap. And the Ajax is an asynchronous JavaScript and XML method that allows you to do some call. The, uh, these type of calls are HTTP calls. So the HTTP calls are the usual get, post, delete, put, update. So are just like commands that you send to this application that accepts these HTTP requests to say, hey, I want to get that data or I want to uh, delete that data or I want to update that data. It's just like REST API is just for data, just 
to interact with data and get something in return. And most likely, like pretty much 99% of the time, the REST API returns a JSON file or a JSON um, data written in a JSON format. JSON stands for JavaScript Object Notation, and it's the format where these or these APIs return your data, the data that you're asking. And it's up to you, it's up to your JavaScript or your PHP to um, read this JSON and print it on your web pages. So these this is the main difference between difference between the uh, PHP kind of API and the REST API. PHP API, it's part of the core of the application and you use them to activate some specific uh, sections of the application. You can extend the application, you can create new sections, you can activate new parts or new, new functionalities of the application. The REST API are meant to be just a bridge between uh, different applications, I guess, or the same application stored in different locations just to interact with data. That's the main difference. So D2 can be um, used together, PHP API and REST API, and one doesn't really necessarily exclude the other, especially considering that most of the times your um, WordPress installation is stored in the same location of your database. So you don't need to create REST APIs to uh, interact with your data because your WordPress is in the same location of your database so they can access directly. Um, REST APIs are used to allow other websites to access the data of your website. So if you, I don't know, um, thinking of like an obvious example, if you want to include embed a Google map in your website or you want to include embed like a weather widget on your website, most likely those widgets, those plugins are interacting with the API of the service that provides the, those plugins. So the service provides the data and then your website prints that data in your WordPress installation, your theme. And can you can do the same with your theme. So if you have a WordPress website, for example, a school website with um, the schedule of the all the classes or the monthly classes or this kind of stuff, you can activate the REST API of WordPress to allow other website or other application, a mobile application even, to tap that data, the data that you have stored in your database about classes, hours, teachers, to be um, pulled, to be called from other applications, to be print and return that data to other applications. So uh, a student can have its own app tapping the RSS feed. Uh, that's another thing, sorry. <laughs> tapping your, um, your school or its own school website to get that data inside its own app without visiting the school website. That's the main purpose of the REST API. Having like a door open for other application to communicate with the data in your website, in your WordPress database. But as I said, REST API and PHP API are two separated things. They're not interfering with each other. You can use them both. And one doesn't mean that it's gonna ex exclude the other. And to conclude your question, uh, I don't think that WordPress is gonna 
move, that WordPress development is going to move to a JavaScript-based development instead of PHP because uh, that that sounds kind of silly to me. It's like, uh, of course, WordPress ha- is, will always be PHP, or I guess, like, I don't know, I'm not sure, but probably until something better comes up, but I don't know. Um, but of course, like the, the REST API, the JavaScript API of WordPress uh, are going to be implemented and extended a lot because WordPress is turning more and more into a sort of framework instead of just a CMS. So building a web app or building a community or building like a, just a hub of information, a magazine or something more complex than just a blog or just like a personal portfolio, it's really possible with WordPress. So of course it's extending out, the developers are creating all these stuff to extend the um, functionalities of WordPress to interact better with other applications and be more uh, scalable. And the REST API uh, it's a good step in the right direction. The REST API, I used them in the past. For example, uh, something that I did in the past, I have, uh, I built a WordPress website to um, collect and organize all the classes and courses for a trade type of um, university. So uh, carpenters, engineers, mechanics, all these type of trades, there was a specific university for trades. And I created all like the, the website was really big because it was collecting all these different, well, like 150 different courses and classes for the entire university. Um, and it was a subdomain based on WordPress of of the main domain. The main domain, the main website was built in Drupal, wasn't built in WordPress. So the database were completely separated, but the client needed to print the list of information of these classes, courses, and all the availability of the teachers also uh, in the main website, on the main website built in Drupal. So I created a JavaScript um, just a JavaScript library built in a regular jQuery to uh, send an HTTP request and tap the REST API of WordPress to grab the data that I had stored in my database in the subdomain based on WordPress to be printed in the main uh, Drupal website. So that's one of like the most obvious example that you can like I, I I can tell you to how to use the REST API. But having the REST API didn't affect at all the PHP uh, settings API or whatever type of PHP API of WordPress uh, because the two things are completely different. So um, hope that's clear. Hope that clarifies your uh, doubts. And um, I suggest you do try definitely try like build a simple website activate the REST API that right now are not built in inside WordPress, but you can activate them through a plugin, WP REST API, that it's an official plugin from uh, Automatic. So activate the REST API and try from another website to tap the uh, data that it's inside your website. Just build a simple JavaScript HTTP request and gather all the data that you want. It's, it's going to be pretty fun, absolutely. The other question on the episode 24 of the Nerd Continuity is from Bambul that he asked on the forum at forum.alicad.com. He asks, how you calculate, how do you calculate the costs of a website? 
from a static HTML page to the complete package with custom backend work, etc. What it may cost. So um, that's a really interesting question because if you noticed, I never ever ever talked about money on my tutorials or on my vlogs or stuff like that. That's mainly because um, the cost of a project or or a website it's 100% related to two main factors your experience and your location because the prices that i have like the price range that i have here in canada are completely different from the price range that i have in italy or i had back in italy or i could have in london or i could have in berlin or so like the price and the cost of a website or like whatever type of development changes drastically based on your location. So we can exclude that. It's really hard to talk about money when uh, no one is on your same place in, in your same location. So that's why I never talked about money. But I can give you some um, some advice of how I calculate my price or how I interact when it comes to um, calculating the cost of a specific work. Uh, first, you have to define uh, your uh, price range, your tag, like your hourly rate. Everything has to be based on hourly rate because your work or the value of your work is based on how much time you spend on that specific job. So you cannot, uh, that's one of the, like, big misconceptions when it comes to freelancing you see like um, uh, um, you have a request for a website of five pages and you say okay those five pages I can I can do it for two thousand dollars like like right off the bat like on the top of my head like two thousand dollars is fine this is kind of wrong to say it because you don't know first how complicated those five pages are and you don't know how much time will take you to do those five pages and it's not fair for you and it's not fair for the client as well so you need to define how much do you value yourself per hour that's kind of like the weirdest part and to do that you can do a simply uh, like a simple google research you can search in your area in your country what's the uh, hourly rate for a developer what's the hourly rate of a designer just take an average and if you're if you're a beginner if you just started just put your rate kind of below the average or like really affordable rate offer an affordable rate because you don't have much experience if you've been doing this for many many years you can put like a higher rate and just ask for what you think you're worth it but everything has to be based for per hour you cannot decide the cost of something just because you think it's easy or because you think it's complicated just everything has to be based on our hourly rate like you're getting paid to use your time so you have to be paid for the time that you spend not the complexity of the project or how the project is cute whatever the reason so after you define your hourly rate it's up to you to understand with um, a quick meeting with the client how much complex how much complicated how much time you will spend on that specific project and of course when you do a meeting with the client you should build a client you should say hey this meeting is also paid 
and probably you can offer the client if it's a first meeting you can offer like a 50% discount say hey you have to pay me for this meeting but it's just a discovery session so it can be half of the price like half of the usual price that I'm, I, I ask but always get paid for your time if the project is really really big and it's gonna go on for months uh, you cannot define, okay, it's going to take me 275 hours to complete because that's a really long-term estimate and a long-term estimate is never accurate. It's kind of impossible to be accurate. So what you have to do, you have to say, this is my hourly rate. I'm going to work every day, three hours per day for this project for five days a week. And this is my monthly rate. So you have to pay me this per month. This, this, this work is going to go on for three months. So this is my monthly rate. Because you don't know how much time could take you to do it. It's like the estimate is too long. So you need to define a monthly or a bi-weekly rate if you get paid bi-weekly. Uh, but it's all, everything, it's all based on the amount of time that you will spend per day on that specific project. Always remember that. So it doesn't matter your location. It doesn't matter your skill set, your skill level. Define a price that you think you value, of course, according to the average price, uh, the, the, the market of your area. You cannot say if the average um, price for a good developer in your city is uh, $50 per hour, you cannot say my price is $200 per hour. No one will hire you. It's kind of like absurd. Uh, but set a price set your own price per hour and then define every work based on the amount of time that you spend on that specific work that's it i i hope that helps and i hope that helps someone else other freelancers that they don't really know how much to ask on first jobs how to evaluate the complexity of a job how much you should ask for that specific work just put everything into a simple calculation, like how much time I'm gonna spend. I want these thought per hour, so this is the total cost. That's it. And always, always, always add more hours because you need a pillow, like a safety pillow in case the project goes off rail and always don't, don't, don't under-evaluate, don't underestimate the amount of hours that a project could take you always put if it's a simple project always put a couple of hours extra just in case and if you don't use them you can always say to the client hey i didn't use all the hours so you can pay me less but always have a um, safety net in case and we are uh, finally at the main topic of this episode 24 of the nerd continuity and the main question is uh, kind of like a, a, a tough one because I, I've been dealing with this for like pretty much my entire life and the main question comes from Sam Upachin from the uh, forum or from the Patreon he's one of the other amazing Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash alicad and the question is the following um, can you tell us about yourself, how you're doing and what keeps you up at night? Uh, I've been pushing to learn more code-based stuff, but I still refuse to apply for a work related to coding. I mean, you went to school, referring to myself, you went to school and stuff, and I'm kind of someone who learned these things on his own. There's a fear for not getting the job and also trying to apply with the most perfect 
portfolio. Are there any story from your side you can tell us to bring back some courage? Um, so first of all, thank you so much, Sam, for, for asking this question, especially for asking advice. Uh, I never consider myself someone like advice worthy or something like that. Uh, my experience could inspire someone else or could give courage to someone else, but I guess that's 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 true. Like that that could be. It. And if I rethink and my my history of what I did in the past, it's kind of like yes, I I changed a lot about my life and I risked I risked a lot in the past. So starting from the past, if you probably I don't know if you um listen to the uh, first episode of the nerd continuity that I released like a couple of years ago uh, I was a designer I actually wanted to be an architect uh, I finished high school uh, graduating in architectural design and I wanted to be an architect so I went to university studying architect architecture and then I dropped from university after three months because um, that happens. I mean, you you cannot decide. I don't think you're um, mature enough when you're 19 or 20 to decide your entire life. Like your priorities, what you like, what you don't like, completely change uh, based on your years, your experience. So when I was 16, 17, I always loved architecture. I wanted to be an architect. Then two, three years have passed. I studied architecture. I didn't really love it like I was expecting to. So I like, no, I don't really like to do this. And I started, well, instead of going to the university, instead of like attending classes, I was spending my nights um, using the computer. And I would start like, doing some web design because I was uh, good at design. I was like drawing stuff, so I was good at design. And then I joined an online community. It was like a really old forum with designers and developers. And I started, I started getting fascinated by these guys, like coding stuff. Like I was wondering how this website works, how this chat is made of, like, this is really intriguing. Like I want to be able to build something like that. And then I got hooked with, um, an online RPG, a role-playing game online based by chat. It was a Star Trek themed <laughs> RPG and it was it was amazing because it was all code based. It was just a gigantic community with many, many people interacting with each other. And I was amazed by the functionalities of this RPG and that's it. That started, I think that moment started my passion for coding. So I started spending nights in coding and trying to learn and stealing code and stealing graphics away and try to recreate my stuff. And after, I guess, five or six months, I decided, uh, yes, I don't want to do architecture anymore. I want to be a web developer. That's that's what I decided. And that was a terrible time for me because uh, my girlfriend is looking at me right now and she's laughing because she knows she remembers we were ready together at that time uh, because my parents didn't understand really for them uh, using computers were just like just playing for them I was just playing I wasn't like using the computer to do job or to get paid it wasn't something real <laughs> I was just wasting time and the um 
the choices back in Italy, like 14 years ago or something like that, back in Italy, choice to study proper computer programming were really limited. Uh, there wasn't a really a broad understanding of the web, but it wasn't really a broad understanding of the path that a web developer should do. So I started buying books. Every time I was able to make some money, I was just spending this money to buy PHP books, CSS, SQL books, JavaScript books, and I started like studying on these gigantic massive books where it was awful. Then finally, after a couple of years, my mom agreed to pay for a school at three years classes to uh, study web design and development. And those were kind of like the most amazing years ever because it was just a dream. I was doing all this kind of stuff. Uh, but the problem is my mom told me that uh, it was kind of like a bad thing, but told me that um, if I wasn't able to find a job pretty much immediately, a job related to what I was studying, I uh, needed, like, I had to repay her back of all the money that she was spending for my school, for my education. So there was this kind of agreement with my mom and say, okay, if you pay for my school, I will find immediately a job. If I don't, I will just get the first job that I, I can find, even like working at like as, um, I don't know, in a store or just like um, housemaid or whatever, just like doing the first job that I could get to repay you back, like pay you back all the money that you're spending for my education. That was the, the first deal. So since the first year of my web development classes, I started looking for a job and at the beginning I it was terrible because I I was afraid that I wasn't good enough I was 21 when I actually went to school I spent like the first like the past three years studying by myself and going to school I met all these people that studied programming before and they were all better than me in like in every scenario in every aspect and I started honestly like doubting about myself like am I really that good will I be able to find a job will I be able to do something for real for a, cl a client can I actually build a website and um, my fear was so strong that kept me up at night pretty much every night so I wasn't sleeping much I was trying to find jobs by like the most shitty jobs ever, like do a website for a coffee shop, like uh, like a really small one single page coffee shop website or do a website for um, a printing company. And you have to think about this like at 14 years ago, it's not like today that, oh, you have to do a website for a coffee shop, so it has to be really hip, really fancy, really on the edge, just to be cool with cool photography. 14 years ago, no one, especially in Italy, no one gave a crap about the internet. So telling someone, hey, you have to pay me for a website, the first reaction was like, why? Like, ugh, that's stupid. No one's gonna look for my coffee shop on the web that's so stupid so um, that was the thing like finding first gigs or first paid job was really hard so my first couple of years were just like free stuff i started doing 
websites for friends just to do something, just to grow a portfolio. And I started doing stuff for myself, just like let's code a chat, let's code an RPG, let's code a forum just for myself, just to, to learn. And then after a while, I started getting paid a really stupid amount of money, like really low amount of money. <laughs> like uh, I was getting paid once every four months by these um, uh, these kind of like creative agency I was working with. And I was doing all kind of different things. I was just like doing video editing and websites and flash animations and 3D animations. And I was also like moving boxes around, helping with the inventory. I was doing everything possible to get employed, but they they didn't pay me much. They paid me like once or two, twice in six months. And um, yeah, it was a really terrible, terrible time. And the more I was going on, the more, the more I was doubting about myself, like, hey, I'm no one will ever take me seriously and i will i will fail like i will never be able to uh do what i want to do like i will never be a good developer i will never be a good designer i'm average in every aspect i'm average in doing 3d i'm average in doing video editing i'm average in doing coding and that was like pretty much the big part of the last year of school of my uh development school and the last year, finally, thanks to this crappy job that I had and they didn't pay me, I, uh, I met a client and this client had another creative agency. Like it was a, a creative agency that has these, um, this office where I was working if they had someone good in doing a website because they needed a website super quickly, like it was a flash website they needed quickly and they asked if they had someone. I was there, so I said, hey, I can do that. I can do that website. They basically hired me after this website because I did it super quickly and I did it overnight, of course, because I didn't sleep. I was so excited to get finally a real opportunity and I did it super quickly and it was it was terrible, but it was great for them. So I got hired after a week. So this moment um, was at the same time where I got when I got my graduation. So I graduated from these uh, three years classes of web development. And after a week, I got hired full time permanent to this company. And that was like the biggest achievement of my life. Like I was so happy and it was finally happening. I was like getting paid to be a web developer. I found a job, like a steady job in development and design and it was it was fantastic and from them uh, from that moment i kept going i kept like studying and doing more work finding other clients um and then i decided to move to canada after a while but that's another story but the important thing is that at the beginning everyone feels the same at the beginning everyone when you have to do something that it's outside your comfort zone you're gonna fear uh, failure you're gonna think oh I'm gonna fail I'm not good enough they're gonna reject me so everyone thinks the same you're not the only one that thinks that and the best way of fighting this fear is by doing it you're afraid of not getting the job because your portfolio is not perfect, 
who cares just apply for the job if your portfolio is not perfect they will not call you they will tell you they will not hire you but at least you know that your portfolio needs more work if you don't apply because you fear that your portfolio is not good you will never have a feedback about your portfolio it's kind of like the same things that I had when I moved to Canada here I had like just Italian websites on my portfolio my skills weren't that great uh, three four years ago I, I became a really good developer in the last couple of years before like I was like an average, like a decent developer, but not uh, not a really good one. Like uh, like another thousands of people were at my same level. And um, so when I decided to go to Canada, like my portfolio wasn't that great, but I said, hey, this is like just one chance like I have this chance and it's just one life chance like I can if I fail now I will never be able to do this thing again in Canada I will never be able to come back again and try again so I have to give 100% everything I have who cares if they don't like my stuff I will keep applying apply 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 and I got rejected like the first couple of job interviews were terrible when terribly I didn't get hired of course and they they sent me away it's like no you're not what we're looking for and then I found a job because my skill set my portfolio was good for someone and that's great so even if you don't consider yourself good there's always someone out there that will need you will need you for your skills will need you for something specific that you know how to do instead of someone else someone else doesn't know how to do it so use the fear or use your own doubt or your own um, fear of failure to motivate yourself in doing more that's kind of like anxiety has to be your best friend uh, it's kind of like one of the worst advice ever but embrace your anxiety just like leave the anxiety leave the fear and let it let it grow let it motivate yourself no just like do it like you will never be perfect you will never be at the point where you say hey i'm perfect i will never get rejected even if you're great you will always get rejection and rejection it's good sometimes because it will help you grow and will help you understand what you're doing wrong and what you're doing right so just just do it uh, of course be prepared to failure like don't just leave everything and jump in the pit fire without thinking of the consequences just be prepared of the consequences if something goes wrong but uh, just jump try to jump and try to do what you want to do well i guess that's that's pretty much it for these episodes. i guess i like answer all the questions and these main topics were kind of like kind of important because they're not only 100 coding related but that can be um, can be helpful for pretty much everyone that is going through something like a life-changing or a work-changing experience. So uh, let me know what you think. Like you can join the forum or you can leave a comment below in this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast on YouTube, please give it a likes, a likes, give it a like or subscribe to my channel. And if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or whatever other app that you're using to listen to the podcast, please rate this episode, give it some stars or give it a like and put it as a favorite or something just to have 
some sort of feedback from you if you guys like it or not and just leave a comment leave a message let me know what you think and do you have a relatable experience to this do you have something similar please let me know and as usual thank you so much guys for uh, listening to the podcast thank you so much guys for the support on the forum on patreon on youtube you guys are great it's just all all thanks to you that i'm able to do these things and i'm really loving it so thank you so much guys and i talk to you in the next episode bye